4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. All right, every day we're breaking down the NFL with our Cofield Company power rankings. Texans number 32 yesterday. Today is number 31. Maybe a little lower than most Eagles fans would expect, but uh, this staff is not real high on the Eagles, not real high on Jalen Hurts. So uh, one of the guys who's covered the Eagles forever, he's now doing uh, national coverage for AP, is Rob Motti. He also does another show called Faith on the Field, and he gives Cofield and Company here in Vegas a couple of minutes. Rob, how you doing? What's up, fellas? How are you guys? We're good. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about around the NFL. We'll get to some of the national topics here in a second. But I do want you to tell people, because uh, your show is over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, our sister station, I want you to tell people in the audience, if they haven't heard it, what is Faith on the Field? Oh, man, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about that. It's a show that I launched about uh, four years ago in 2017, and it's uh, just an opportunity to speak to Christian athletes across all sports, whether it's football, uh, predominantly football guys, but a lot of baseball players and uh, basketball, hockey, and just talk a little bit about their faith and, and the work that God has done in their life. And we talk, we get into a little bit of sports, and right now it's uh, seven states seven sports radio stations and, and growing. And I've had, I've had Hall of Famers on. I've had uh, bench warmers on. It, and it, it's really about their story and their testimony. It's an incredible platform. Uh, and it's something I'm very passionate about. So uh, if people don't check it out on the radio, they can just always find the podcast version, Faith on the Field Show, faithonthefieldshow.com. They can get any show they wanted that we've done since uh, 2017. Do you feel like 2021 NFL is still as welcoming as it may have been in the past for players of faith? I do. I think so. Uh, I think society, though, in general, is trending further and further away from faith. And it's, it's a scary thing for people like me of strong faith and strong belief to see that. But uh, I'm hopeful that people can see that as we deal with things like the pandemic, as we deal with athletes going through mental and emotional breakdowns and anxiety and depression and drug use and everything else, I use my story, guys, as an example. Before I found faith, before I came to Christ in 2010, I was a lying, cheating, womanizing manipulator <laughs> And my life changed dramatically, and I feel like there are answers and there is help. And I would never tell people not to get professional help or seek anything that they can clinically, but I would also try and steer them towards, this is what worked for me. This is how I was able to reach a point in my life where I have incredible peace in, in my heart, and I know what my destination is. And I know that no matter what I'm going through, someone's got my back. And there's a ton of athletes just like that. And here's the one thing that I will caution people, too, about, because they look at Christianity and they look at faith, and, and there's a lot of hypocrisy out there, but we all are sinners, and we all make mistakes. And then somebody, somebody will point to an athlete who maybe is, talks freely about his faith and then screws up, and they go, well, how could you do that? Because we all do. We're all it's human nature. Sin is in our nature. Selfishness is in our nature. But... We, we can overcome that. We can get through that. And we're never going to be perfect. And I try and tell everybody all the time that I am just as bad as the worst person in the world 
and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to make a better decision. And I'm going to be, later today, I'm going to make a better decision. And that's what I strive for each and every day. He's one of the AP writers covering the NFL, Rob Motti, Philly guy. Uh, I know you just ended a run on the Fanatic, a really good radio station in Philly, and he does Faith on the Field, which is uh, on here in Las Vegas on uh, Fox Sports Radio and also uh, multiple markets beyond that. Um, when you look at Vegas, you just mentioned all your vices, the things you struggled with before 2010. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you worried about Vegas as a home for a professional football team? I don't worry about it, but I, I do think people like, you know, for example, one of the things that I had to do to overcome my vices is not put myself in a position where I would be tempted, right? So those who may fall in certain areas, the best thing you can do is avoid that kind of uh, environment, right? So uh, Vegas is Sin City for a reason. But uh, that was really one. I, I was hoping, I was looking for an opportunity to bring my show there, maybe to impact one person, maybe to impact two people. And when I hear from, from different listeners around, like, oh, this is great, this is awesome, I needed to hear that, I got that encouragement, I know it helps. So uh, I wouldn't say it's worse than any other place in the world, right? You know, there, there may be different temptations and, and people who are prone to certain vices that might not be the place for them. But, hey, there's great people everywhere, and, and there's sinners everywhere because we all are. And, and I, I wouldn't shy away from Vegas one bit. I just think you have to be careful anywhere you go. All right, before we get to breaking down the Eagles, let's talk about one of the big stories, and it, it involves the Eagles. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, as, a, as a guy of faith, uh, do you look at Watson and go, you know what? Eagles can't trade for this guy based on the allegations. I mean, he's got a lot of problems he's got to work through. What do you think about Deshaun Watson as a trade target for anyone else in the NFL? Yeah, and that's a great question because he was one of the early guests on my show at the draft. Uh, I caught really? up with him, and he's an yeah, he was a man of wow. faith, and uh, you know, I, and and I, like I was saying earlier, right? Men of strong faith are prone to temptation, are prone to sin too, as well. He's in a position now where I would be, you know, I don't know. We don't know what happened, but those allegations are strong. The stories are disturbing, and there are a lot of hurdles that he needs to overcome and certain things in his life that he has to deal with that he has to certainly improve in. Because whether it happened or it didn't, the fact that he was in a position to where he can be accused of it, that isn't good either. So uh, I know the young man's got to grow, and he's got to he's got to make better decisions as far as teams and 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 wanting to make a deal for him. It's funny because I had this topic on my going away show the other day, and and I said one, I don't want Deshaun Watson if I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan, not just because of all of the allegations, but because I firmly believe that Jalen Hurts has the potential to be a really quality caliber quarterback. Could he ever be Deshaun Watson? Probably not. But I think that the price tag for Deshaun is going to be so strong, so great, so big with the Eagles with holding two first-round picks, potentially a third if the Carson Wentz trade uh, turns into that. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to give up all those picks for someone who clearly has character concerns right now. And, and that's something all teams I know are doing their homework on. And they have to dig in. And I'm sure he's going to be 
facing at some point, no matter how it plays out, a suspension from the NFL. And the union will appeal, and it'll probably get reduced. But there's going to be a period of time where he's not going to play football, and teams really have to be careful about that when you're going to invest the assets that it's going to take to pry him away from the Houston Texans. But you've got to believe, guys, that his trade value is diminished, too, as well. I don't care if the Texans say we want three first-round picks and two more high-draft picks and quality starters. You can ask for the moon. You're not getting that, and I'll be surprised if they do. So you mentioned Jalen Hurts and your potential belief in him to be a starting quarterback. I'm curious, you know, what you saw from him in the short stint from what we did uh, last year. I, you know, to, be, to be fair, I'm not very big on Jalen Hurts from what I saw uh, in terms of him as a quarterback, but uh, open to being wrong, of course, because I'm wrong all the time. So what did you see uh, in Hurts as a quarterback and what you believe is going to expand in terms of his game coming into 2021? The first thing I want to talk about in regards to Jalen Hurts is all the intangibles. I haven't seen a young man check off all those boxes the way Jalen does. Leadership potential, poise, command in the huddle, command of the locker room, work ethic. He has all of the intangibles that it takes to be a number one quarterback. On the field, we know he can run with the football. He's got to improve his accuracy as a thrower. I can't fairly judge him last year looking at what the Eagles were. They were a mess on offense. They were decimated by injuries on the offensive line. The, the wide receiver position was lacking. The play calling was, was horrific. Carson Wentz had the worst year of his career, and you couldn't expect Jalen Hurts to come in there and do much better. Now, he did spark them to a win against the Saints, and he put up a couple 300-plus yard passing games in losses. So there were flashes of potential, but areas that he has to improve upon. I think the addition of Devontae Smith, the addition of Nick Sirianni, a offensive-minded guru, somewhat of a head coach, somewhat a young coaching staff, and then quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson. I'm really high on I had the privilege to sit in the NFL General Managers Summit and the quarterback coaching conference that they do. And it was about three, three to four weeks ago, somewhere along there. And Brian Johnson, the new Eagles quarterbacks coach, was a presenter. And I think this guy's on the fast track to being an NFL head coach. And he was really sharp, uh, a, a very smart offensive mind. And he and Jalen have a long history together. So that, to me, is the Eagles have surrounded him with the right people to maximize his potential. Now he's got to go out there and prove it. Now he's got to go out there and do it while also dealing with consistent rumors that the Eagles are going to target Deshaun Watson or the Eagles are going to trade three first-round picks to move up next year and take Sam Howell or somebody else. So uh, I, I think he's got what it takes, but I, I can't try and tell you that he's going to definitely be a top-five, top-ten, or top-fifteen quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say, if anyone can handle the pressure, though, of someone breathing down his neck, it's Jalen Hurts. Is, you know, he comes from a football family. He went to Alabama. Two was there. He had to leave. So he's been through a lot of this. And I know the NFL is even more amped up, and it's Philly, but he'll be able to handle it. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And, and you know what? what's difficult in Philly right now is he's not getting a ton of support. People are, are out there thinking that they need to find their franchise quarterback. And I think the big thing about 2021 for the Philadelphia Eagles is forget about uh, numbers of wins and losses. It's finding out whether or not Jalen Hurts could be QB1 in 2022. That, to me, is the main priority for the Eagles this season. Rob Mouty's with us. We're talking Eagles. Eagles number 31. 
on our power rankings. Do you think that's ridiculous? Are the Eagles going to be much better than the second worst team in football? I think they'll be better than the second worst team in football. I'm a little bit biased in, in that I've covered the team for 21 years and, and grew up in the city. I, I just look at a team that if their offensive line comes back healthy and Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson on the right side are two of the best in the game when they're healthy, Jason Kelsey is a borderline Hall of Fame center, and they got some decisions to make at left tackle. But if the offensive line is healthy, that's the key to the whole offense. They, they added Devontae Smith. They got a, a pretty good running back in Miles Sanders. And, and if you can keep Jalen Hurts from getting his head knocked off, they can do some things offensively. Now, defense is this is a team that's strong up front on the defensive line. They've kind of solidified the secondary with some veteran guys. The linebackers are a little bit weak. Vegas has them at six and a half over under. I would, I, I'm in the six to eight win range. I'm leaning towards the seven to eight. I think that's optimistic, but I also think the NFC East is so bad that it allows them to be able to reach that seven to eight because you've got a lot of parity and a lot of teams in that division who no one's going to run away with. The one bold prediction I'll make isn't all that bold, but I do think that the NFC East this year will have a, a division champion with a winning record. And I also think they'll only have one team reach the playoffs. Rob, before we let you go, and I appreciate all the time, we got about two minutes left. Uh, you have been at the forefront uh, with your reporting on the vaccination rates around the National Football League. So how many teams are going to fall short before the season? Or is everyone going to get to 85%? And are some of the obvious uh, teams that may fall short? Is it like, uh, like, where are the bills? Do we have any clue where the bill is like way below the number? So where are we right now in terms of vaccination around the NFL? Oh, man, that, that, that's a great question. And I'm in the middle of moving chaos today. And I missed a couple calls from a couple sources in the <laughs> NFL. You know, I, I hate when I get that no caller ID. I know who it is. I know who's calling me. I know what we're about to talk about. And I can't get to the phone fast enough. And I would have probably been able to give you the exact numbers. I'll tell you what, though, guys. I think that the pressure is on the players so strongly right now. They're not mandating it, but they're making it to where you can't avoid getting the vaccination. That I, that I think by the time we get to the regular season, you'll be maybe the entire league or close to it at 85% plus. Uh, there was a lot of traction when I put out a story a couple of weeks ago reporting that there were four teams under 50%. And then quickly, just that quickly, I put that out there. The next day, two of those teams surpassed that 50-point mark. So, uh, 50% mark. So I, I think they're going to improve. They're going to get there, and, and we'll, we'll see a lot of progress made because of the pressure that's put on these guys. Rob, that was awesome, man. We appreciate it. Good luck with the show, and we'll be listening, and uh, we definitely want to get you on again during the season. Thank you so much. Guys, anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Here is Rob Mowdy out of Philly, AP writer covering the NFL. He's got a specialty show, Faith on the Field. You can hear that over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Let me give you the official introduction here. He's uh, Matt Damon, actor, producer, screenwriter, and Tom Brady apologist, it says here. As, apologist? As... I don't apologize <laughs> for anything. Listen. I love that guy. I make no apologies. You're listening to Cofield and Company. Okay, <laughs> if the Bucks played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, who would you root for? Tom Brady. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, it's great to talk to you right. again, and thank you, Matt. Go Bucks. <laughs> Go Tom. <laughs> uh, 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 chance, uh.
Matt Damon not making John Von Tobel happy. Uh, Matt Damon actually had a long conversation with Bill Simmons. I want to play a couple of bites from that. Great job today by the uh, Vast Sound crew pulling these bites from all over the place. We'll have more Kelly McCrimmon on Flurry later on. Miles Simmons is with us from Pro Football Talk. Miles, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? We're good. We're good. Uh, we were just getting into uh, the phenomenon of loving a player more than your team. Can I play a couple of bites for you here of uh, – Simmons with Matt Damon as a first of all uh, Matt Damon starts to make his decision on uh, the Patriots success over the years was it Dan- or, I was gonna say was it Damon was it Brady or was it Belichick fire this it's not even a bandwagon I love Tom I love him he's he's a he's he's a once-in-a-lifetime athlete for all of us who, who were lucky enough to be able to follow his entire career I'm riding it all the way to the end. It's not a bandwagon. I'm all in on that guy. I'm following Tommy. The fact that he did that last year on a torn MC, I mean, I just stop it. It's just awesome. Stop it. It's just awesome. Give me the Belichick cut. I was always a believer. You know, everybody does the, was it Belichick or was it Brady? Belichick's an amazing coach, but I never doubted that it wasn't Brady. You thought that seesaw was tilted more toward Brady. Yeah, because he's on the field playing the game. We, he, they could have kept him. Do you look at the guy's arm? He looks like a 30-year-old out there. Um, You're starting to scare me. You weren't like wearing a Bucks hat, were you? Like, how far did this go? No, 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 no. I don't think I felt like this was like full-fledged sports bigamy going on here. What do you think, Miles? A crime? Sports bigamy? Uh, No. I mean, it's, it's weird because I still sometimes think of Tom Brady as being on the Patriots, even though I know objectively that he's not. Like, there will be times when I'm writing something for PFT, and I'll be like, Tom Brady and the P- – whoops, nope, Buccaneers. So it's just like – it's this thing that I'm always going to be able to do. I mean, think about it. If you were born after 2001, so like all of these – everybody that just graduated high school does not know a world in which Tom Brady has not won a Super Bowl or is still actively winning Super Bowls. And most of those things he did for the Patriots. So, like – I mean, I, he's such a transcendent athlete that, to me, eh, it doesn't. this is one case where it just doesn't really bother me. And, frankly, it's almost like LeBron James, right? Like, I, when I'm from Cleveland, the listeners don't know that. So when LeBron James won his championship for Cleveland, it really just kind of changed my perspective on everything. Because, frankly, when he did it in Miami, I didn't like it. But once he won one for the Lakers, it's like, yeah, he won one for Cleveland. I don't really care. And, like, I know people who still root for LeBron. I don't like. I'm not. I'm never going to be a big Lakers guy, despite the fact that I live now in Los Angeles. So I it just, I, I get it. I guess is what I'm trying to say from Matt Damon's perspective. Yeah, Miles, you're wrong. I hate to break it to okay, you about this, uh, but uh, <laughs> the the charm of being a sports fan, you have to suffer. You don't just get to follow the great player and celebrate championships. I am an Angels fan, okay? And I sit here and watch this team flounder around, and they're awful, and the bullpen sucks. We're not going to sit around and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to cheer for the best player on the best team every single year. You have to suffer. That is a given. 
well, I mean, Mike Trout has been suffering a long time. It looks yes. like Shohei Otani's also going to suffer along with you. So, you know, what's, going, what's wrong with your Angels, man? Why can't you guys put it together? You have the best player who maybe ever played the game in Mike Trout, and he's only had, what, one playoff appearance, and that was when he was a rookie? What's going on? They can't even make it to, the, they can't even make it to, to a wild card game. The entire world is being deprived of Mike Trout in the postseason because you guys don't know how to, you know, conduct it, don't know how to craft a team around him. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't want to get started because this is a football segment, but uh, <laughs> they know how to do it. They just refuse to do it. I think that has been the, the biggest issue with the Angels. But regardless, let us move on from this because I, I could start crying on the air and I don't want to do that. Uh, let's talk about what we just saw with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers go down because I'm really curious. There's a lot of things, I think, to unpack from this. But one of the things that I saw that came out, um, Steve, you know, is it Mike Kleiss over in Denver, the reporter? What is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, know. okay. I thought you know. You're no, I don't, I don't Mike know. Regardless, Reese is a Patriots, Reese is a Patriots reporter. Uh, well, it's it's a, it's a guy out of Denver. He's a, a longtime dude. K L I S. Regardless, uh, oh, he reported Clark. in. Cliss, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. I knew you would know. You're a professional, Miles. Um, but he reported that the Broncos essentially didn't even reach out, didn't have any conversations with the Green Bay Packers. I remember being told by the media that this was all but a done deal that the Broncos around draft night were going to grab Aaron Rodgers. The Broncos didn't even reach out. What's up with that? Well, I think it's a couple of different things. One, the Packers never wanted to actually trade Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, it wasn't just that – you know, there was the rumor to the Broncos. It was also Kyle Shanahan picking up the phone and calling his buddy Matt LaFleur and being like, hey, are you actually going to do this? Because I don't want to wake up tomorrow and see that Aaron Rodgers is somewhere and I didn't even get the opportunity to try and trade for him. Right? So if, even if they did trade him, they never would have traded him in the NFC. It was basically a process of elimination thing because Rodgers wanted to allegedly be on the West Coast. And so there were only two teams that would fit the criteria that actually would want to trade for him, which, and with the Packers not wanting to also trade him in the NFC, which would have been um, the, the, the Broncos or the Raiders, right? So I, I think that is all part of it. And, you know, I think also when you think about, like, what was going on specifically in that time, could have been Rogers Camp just kind of leaking some stuff out there you know, trying to maybe grease the wheels, get things going. And it didn't, it ultimately didn't work out. And I mean, as I've been saying on this radio program for weeks, if not months now, Rogers is back with the Green Bay Packers and he probably will have one last season with them before going elsewhere next year. And like, that's what I figured would happen because the Packers did not want to trade him right now. it's, It's so just mind boggling to think that the reigning MVP could have been traded, right? Like, that's just wrong. It's just wrong. So that's why I think it didn't happen. Whatever resolution they came to, they've come to it, and now he's back, and they will see if they can actually win a championship this year. So from one quarterback to another, and I think this is more of a general question than anything, but it looks like the uh, the Jets are having issues coming to an agreement with Zach Wilson to sign his rookie contract. Is there anything to make of some of these rookies? We saw Rashawn Slater finally sign his deal, but is there anything to make of some of these teams who can't really get these rookies to sign on the dotted line? You know, the Jets do have a history of it. Yeah, I, I really don't think so. I'm not quite sure what the holdup is here. I think some of the reporting on it has been basically – and the offset language. and But when you think about it, there's really not much to negotiate here. These contracts are slotted. So it's like, 
very, very minor details. And frankly, I would anticipate that Zach Wilson's either going to be there on day one or day two of what of this um, training camp, which is tomorrow or the next day. Because he's going to be the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Like, the other two guys that are on their roster, I, 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 the last time I wrote about them, I've never even heard of them. Right? I, I can't even tell you what their names are because that's how no-name they are. So he is going to be the starting quarterback week one. They're going to need to resolve this in some way. And frankly, I think it will get done within the next 24 to 48 hours. I like it. So, Heinz, what do you got? You want me to stop? Okay. One more for you from me, Miles, because okay. uh, we did see uh, – we did see. I like hindsight. We go back and we can grade trades, right? And we can look back and see what exactly happened. One of the things uh, that has been written, it was uh, Bill Barnwell who went back and looked at some of the trades that we've seen and since 2018. And, of course, one of those being – Amari Cooper going to the Dallas Cowboys, first-round pick coming back for the Las Vegas Raiders, that being Jonathan Abram. Big win, mm -hmm. it is slated, for the Dallas Cowboys. Do you agree with this grade? Um, uh, yes, maybe, no. I mean, neither team has won all that much. Amari Cooper did okay in that 2018 postseason, and then the Cowboys weren't very good the next year, and Jason Garrett gets fired. So, I mean, Amari Cooper's still there. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like, it, it's not that the Cowboys lost that deal, but, you know, the Raiders have gotten a decent player out of it, you think? If Jonathan Abram turns into the Pro Bowl player that people think that he can be, then I think it's an equal deal. But if he doesn't, then, yeah, the Cowboys did win that deal, I guess. But Amari Cooper's one elite wide receiver. I, 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 so... I, and I don't know if that's like me saying something that's too much of a hot take, but like he, he's not, you know, like when you think of the top five guys, you could probably go 10 wide receivers before you're like, oh yeah, Amari Cooper, that's who I would, who I would name, you know, I don't know. Miles, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. There he is, Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. It's really starting to crank up at PFT, so make sure you get over there, Miles, with a, a ton of stories today, including the latest news on uh, Kyle Long going on the pup list for the Chiefs. And he does have a story talking about uh, John Gruden saying you should probably count on Cleve Furl being a big part of this. Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans. Who better to talk about food than these two? It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. C'è la luna mezzo mare, mamma mia, mare da te. All right, Fat Pack time. Here we go. Fat Pack on a Tuesday. We're live from the Nova Home Loans studios. Jeff is helping us out here. We're moving to the second half of the program. John Von Tobel, Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. So, um, big development. You you haven't really embraced the uh, big chicken wars like I have. And there's also some places that I tout that you're not a big fan of. And you like know what? you know I love Popeyes. I like what are you talking about? I, you I do? Was, okay, yeah, okay. Pro Popeyes. Right. The right. sweet heat sauce. All right. Very big fan. Uh, it does look like they have nuggets coming. I saw this. Which could be interesting. Yeah. I'm down. Because I like their tendies. So I'm totally down. Some nugs. I keep hearing the sauce. Chuck King is better than the Popeyes sandwich, so I, I, I've, I've got to try it. Chuck I got to tell you, 
I haven't tried it. Yeah. But if anybody's going to win the delicious picture award, it's the chicken. The picture looks dynamite. Well, the, the ad campaign is one of the creepiest things ever, but it so follows in the footsteps of what the King campaign has been. Um, Paul Giamatti and like all these like devilish images. And, yeah. you know, it's like, have, have they just, you know, made the Whopper irrelevant? Or have they overtaken the Whopper? They're kind of smart. Ooh, I know. So this is the fat pack. So this works. I think I told you this. I don't know if I've told you this on the air, though. Fire. Isabel's new pregnant need yes her want yes her desire huh she's obsessed with whoppers now but you said that's a big change from baby number one baby number one diego all about big Macs. i don't she, i don't get it how do you make that transition and i'm telling you like it's crazy to watch i've seen her and she's done it with the the, the whopper too where it's like big mac large fry large coke done in like six minutes just really? destroy every single bit of it it's like it's a jo- the joey chestnut of moms right just just slamming it down but she's now she's now she's big on whoppers. I think it's the mayo. How Not how you know what? mayo on the burger. On the competitive eating front, since you went there, or at least I thought you were going there. Um, how did your wife come out of baby number one in terms of her appetite? Could she eat more? Is there a drop off? What happens? Because I'm I'm wondering what happens with uh, Mickey Sudo, who was pregnant, the grand champion of the women's field in the hot dog eating contest. Is she going to come back bigger and better? And I don't mean bigger, like pun intended. I just mean like a more voracious eater. Or do you lose your appetite fresh off a child? No, I, I think she's been generally the same. That not, Nothing sticks out. I think as she got more pregnant, her appetite left. But obviously, mm. Mickey Sudo is going to be competing post Will you be disturbed if I continue to tout your family as big-time athletes? I've said your son, Diego, appears to be someone who could get to 5'11", 340 and play a lot of nose tackle in high school. Could could your wife be a competitive eater? I don't think she's so. very little. She is, and most she, of the competitive eaters are small. She's a former soccer player. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I, I think back in her day, like I've seen her house a, a large Capriati sub, like it know? was nothing. Oh yeah, you know, good for her. But lately, it has not been the same. Lately, it's like I'm going to have some berries, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> actually health conscious. <laughs> right, like, and then you're like, like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> Eat up. Uh, another hot rumor on the fast food Reddit boards, because I know you love gambling Reddit, but I like fast food Reddit. Um, it looks like Arby's dumped a lot of their mini, like they had a bunch of sliders and stuff. They had an Italian sandwich they dumped a while back. Mm-hmm. They're, the rumor is they're trying a Wagyu blend burger. It could be 52% Wagyu beef, 48% sirloin. Uh, the burger will be topped with American cheese, sliced tomatoes, shredded lettuce, sliced red onions, crinkle cut pickles and a special sauce can a fast food joint make a wagyu blend burger that is affordable yeah i don't know because how can arby's do this well that's my question oh just just over 50 percent. so i guess that's that's the way you do it right like 50 percent doesn't sound like that much it's better than zero percent right but i mean like i'm intrigued wagyu beef I wonder how much that affects the taste if it's only 52. Was it 52%? 52%, yes. Yeah. 40, 40. Again, this is Reddit, so I have no idea the, the, the accuracy right. of this. You know, you, you're, you're on gambling Reddit all the time, so who knows how accurate that is. It's a nightmare. That place. You that, love it. You're up there every day. It's it's like the stupidest questions in the world. Like one like the one the other I saw the other day, it was like, I don't think my bookie's paying me, so should I start betting the opposite of what I bet with my bookie just in case so I can get my I'm like, what? What are we doing? 
Schofield got his mortgage tuned up, you should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. What an amazing four days that just passed to recap in sports betting. And now we get to look ahead to the NBA draft as well. And you got all the Olympic betting. Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, Fox Sports is here with Cofield and Company. JBT is here. What's up, Sam? I'm standing outside on the curb in Boston. It is monsooning. I'm I'm in between the park and the restaurant, and Cofield and Company's right in the middle. But I I don't know what to do. So I'm standing on the curb under some uh, some coverage. Can you hear the rain in the background? By the way, yes, it's, it sounds like a living hell. All right, I'm going to move into this garage area. But yeah, dude, this Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, is it any more proof that this guy? Uh, has the juice. I mean, there's a couple quarterbacks in the NFL that that have the ability to move betting markets with nothing happening. You know, Aaron Rodgers is one. Tom Brady's another. Um, yeah. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes would be a third where a betting market will move solely off of rumors and money. Like, nothing happened over the weekend. There were reports that Rodgers might retire or force a trade, and I believe the reports as well. Like, I, I still... I would believe those reports tomorrow if I if I got them from the source that I got them from. But, I mean, he didn't leave Green Bay, and yet the Packers went from being favored to win the NFC North on Friday to the underdog on Saturday, back to the favorite, and nothing really tangibly changed. Well, Sam, here's the thing, and I was making this case earlier today. Um, I actually believe that the rumors and things that you heard were, were true, 100% true, because if you listen to Adam Schefter and the way he broke it down, it took a last gasp effort from the Green Bay Packers over the weekend to get Aaron Rodgers to commit to coming back. So I think there's a universe, right, in which we get to Saturday, and it absolutely is true that Aaron Rodgers is set to retire on Monday, but the Packers actually acquiesce and give him everything he wants, and he's a Green Bay Packer by the time we get to Sunday night and Monday. Well, you understand it, but unfortunately some people don't that follow <laughs> our content, right? And, and they'll sit there and they'll go, oh, nice call on Aaron Rodgers. Like, okay, well, I mean, you know, these things are not, you know, slam dunks, so not 100%. And, and, you know, JBT, you and I talked about it. Steve, you and I talked about it. The guy said there was, you know, an 80% chance that, that Rodgers is going to hang him up. Now, it, was that a permanent thing or was that a, a Carson Palmer-esque move where you – sort of feign retirement, and then he gets traded from the Bengals or the Raiders? I don't know. And and I don't know what happened behind closed doors at Lambeau. Um, did the GM and owner, did they come back toward the middle? Did Rodgers come back toward the middle? Um, we don't know. But it's, it's amazing that the Packers on Friday are minus 130 to win the North. On Saturday at Circa, the Vikings are plus 125. Packers about 2-1. to one. And here we are on a Tuesday night, and the Packers are more expensive than they were before the Rodgers news. So <laughs> it's a cluster. Did you talk to any of the books who pulled all the uh, betting markets? We know Circa kept it up. I'm not sure how many other people kept it up. But did you talk to anyone who pulled it down and why they pulled it down? Yeah, I mean, I talked to most of them because I think it's in their best interest to hear something. If I get something, I always share it with buddies first and books second. That's the way I operate. Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> – they didn't want to be held liable, and they didn't want to be asleep at the wheel. So depending on your shop, you're going to act accordingly. Like Circa, those guys recalibrated the numbers, and they made the Vikings the favorite. Westgate took it off the board. Uh, the last thing they want is to be you know, caught sort of with their pants around their ankles, and all of a sudden the ticker on the bottom of the screen says, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is retiring. 
And then, you know, X amount of people are able to pop in Viking or Bear Bets in the North. They just they didn't want to deal with that. They didn't want to deal with an avalanche of money on Packers under 9.5 or 10 wins. So I guess when it, when it comes to a specific shot, if you hear the ambulance behind me, uh, hopefully everybody's okay. Um, that, there's my uh, Minnesota Vikings future ticket being taken to the hospital. Um, uh, you know, it depends on the shop, and it depends on what they have to get ahead of, and it depends on what their strategies are. You know, Circum wants to take big bets. Westgate was more cautious. So it depends on the shop. But, yeah, I definitely pass it along because the books appreciate stuff like that. And we should also note, too, Steve, I got to talk to Derek Stevens and Mike Palm today, um, that when they left the numbers up, they actually took money on under with the Green Bay Packers and right, they, like things like that. So and knows to win the division. So it, it's funny, Sam, like you could talk to shops, right, who want to pull things down because they're risk adverse. But it's not a guarantee that when you adjust numbers and leave them up, that you're just going to get people who are going to go contrary. You're going to get people who want to buy into this and think like I in this situation, the Packers going to be awful without Aaron Rodgers. And then sure enough, you're actually in a situation where you actually get a favorable result. And here's the truth. I mean, like, you know, I talk to a lot of people, but I also make picks and make bets. And, and I was honestly, I was going to bet the Vikings to win the NFC North regardless. Um, like, I was, I was going to wait and see what my best number was. But when we got to last Friday, I thought, uh-oh, this is my best price because there's a possibility Rodgers doesn't play for Green Bay. So I struck at plus 250, and that's pretty much what the market is right now. Some books are... 275 or so but i mean my bet was more on a little packer regression because they've had you know they've had a cakewalk the schedule hasn't been tough last couple years and in minnesota you know without having guys like daniel hunter on defense last year like there's a guy that had what 30 sacks in 18 and 19 he didn't even play last year um you know they had other guys opt out that are important now uh they just signed dd westbrook in the receiving room they've got some weapons for kirk cousins and i love their run game uh with a pretty good offensive line and dalvin cook that's a Minnesota team that I would argue 53 man is better than Green Bay, but Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. So I, I still, even with Rodgers playing, I could see the Vikings go 11 and six and the Packers go 10 and seven. It's not out of the realm of possibility by any means. Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, Fox Sports. You can listen to his podcast, uh, Chicken Dinner. It's at Chicken X Dinner up on Twitter. It seems like right now, I don't know if you've played uh, much on the Olympics, but the the big name, the glamour team is for the U.S. If you fade most of them in most of these spots, you've made out pretty well uh i'm definitely firing hard on iran plus 41 let's go <laughs> uh you would be the guy that just bets against his country the whole olympics wouldn't you yes 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 you, you know well, that well, you just... remember you remember we talked about this like two or three weeks ago on your show i my weeks all run together but there was an olympic gold medal number for the Americans at about 45 and a half and i'm like eh. I don't know that they get there because the swimming isn't as strong with the men and the women. You've got the, the gymnastics that we just sort of pencil them in for, you know, X amount of gold medals. And then I wasn't so sure about the basketball team. I, like, there are a lot of question marks going into this Olympics. Don't they have, what, nine gold medals now? I, I don't think they're getting the 46. So that's sort of the, the big picture thing. Um, and then when you talk about basketball, look, I, I have no interest in laying 40 or taking 40. Good for you uh, if you're going to root for Iran. Um, do we lay the Americans to win the gold medal at minus 200? It's, it's never been cheaper. I feel like this price has never been available on the Americans. Going back to the 70s, when have they been minus 200 to win the gold? Um, you know, they've lost a couple friendlies and they lost to France, but you know, three players, which is a quarter of their team, they got off the bus and like went to the game. Booker and Holiday and Middleton. Like, these guys haven't played together. 
they still have the most talent. I don't know, JVT. Like, don't you think? Because Americans are minus 1,000 before the Olympics. Now they're minus 200. It's a low stock, but is it low enough where I want to buy it? That's the question I ask myself. I'm not sure yet. Uh, Two dollars or better, I say absolutely. Uh, I think, and I think it's pretty fascinating, Steve. I brought the, or, uh, Sam, I brought this up to Steve, which is for those who don't know, you know, the loss to France doesn't really change much. They can finish within the top two, and then there's a draw once you get to the other side, where it's there's no seeding by you winning your group, right? And you can't play a group member again. So I think when it gets to like two dollars underneath that, that's a buy-in on the Americans. I think you're absolutely right. They're going to get better as it goes along. Those guys coming from playing in the NBA Finals, flying over to Tokyo, and having to play a different style of basketball. The French are actually a good team. Yeah, two dollars or better, I'm in. And I don't know that the French beat them twice. I think sort of that that works against France in some weird way. The, the team that makes me the most nervous is Australia, even though they sort of beat uh, the oh, USA in a friendly. But I, I feel like it's going to be tough to beat that team twice. I still like Spain, and Spain just lost to the USA in a friendly. Again, we're trying to handicap friendlies against the real thing. Did you watch Luca, by the way, the other night? Who, who on the Not American bad. side is going to stop Luca? Uh, that's the team. Slovenia is about eight, nine to one now. But all things considered, you know, the Americans they're going to be a forty-point favorite this morning, Wednesday morning, rather against Iran. They're going to be a thirty-point favorite against the Czech Republic, maybe even more. They're going to win those two games, and they will be on to the next round. Once they beat these teams, like if they beat Iran by 70 points, you're not going to find minus 200 tomorrow. You're just not. So you're trying to bet the right team at the right price, and if the Americans were a stock, you really can't get much lower. Sam, i got about a minute left, but I know you're very dialed in on the NBA draft. You've been talking to us about uh, uh, Duarte. Uh, who else are you on? I saw some strange names out there. You're, uh, you're really all over the, the over-under numbers in the NBA draft. Yeah, I'll move quick. I got three plays, but unfortunately two of them aren't even bettable anymore. We had Duarte over Trey Mann. It was minus 140. It went to 250. Now it's off the board. Duarte's draft position went from 21.5. It's like 15.5 now. So you can't bet those two things. But the third one is this kid out of Turkey. His name is Sengun, S-E-N-G-U-N, Alperin Sengun. He's going to go eighth or tenth. His draft number right now is 12-and-a-half, and, and that's, not a, that's not a bad pop on a guy to potentially go top 10 at, like, plus 150. He ain't flipping past pop at 12, buddy. Go under 12-and-a-half. Sengun, S-E-N-G-U-N. Take it to the bank. By the way, I, uh, while you were answering a question about a minute ago, I was listening, but I also did bet USA to win the men's gold at minus 225. There you go. People listen to Cofield and Company. That's proof. I listen to you, and I listen to John. Probably. I'm in. All right, Sam. Be safe, man. It sounds, it sounds like you're dodging cars. There's rain. Get inside. Go Vikings. There he is, Sam Paniotovich. Yeah. I'm fibbing a bit that I was listening to you guys. You know I was going to bet it, and I told you last week I was kind of hoping that they lost to France and that the number would get better. Now, watch what happens tonight. The game's tonight, right? 940 yeah, 940, yeah. Imagine if they beat Iran by 28 and don't cover the 40 or 41, and all of a sudden they drop even more. Like they're 160 tomorrow. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so. I think they're going to smoke Iran. I'm feeling good about it. I'm, I'm rooting for my bet to win, and I am rooting for most of the U.S. athletes. Man, there is a building sentiment, whether people are playing characters or – this is how they really feel. There's a bunch of Americans freaking rooting really hard against our Olympians. What gives? We'll tell you in the Big Five.